My mom had a grapevine in the backyard. And every year it just produced wonderful, deep, purple grapes, beautiful, sweet grapes. And it was always fun to watch because as the summer wore on, you'd watch those big grape leaves come out. There are places where they eat those, by the way. I don't, but there's places where they eat the grape leaves. I don't think they've tried the rest of it yet, but you know, they'll eat the leaves. You'd watch the big grape leaves come out, and after a while, you'd, you could see the, the vine start twisting and turning as it would climb that trellis that she had. And, and at first, you had these tiny little green, nasty, sour grapes. Don't eat those. Okay, they, they were horrible. But as the season wore on, the grapes would get plump and juicy and purple, and you could walk into the backyard and just smell those grapes as they were as they were growing and then the time would come for mom to harvest the grapes she would go out there with her little step ladder and she would begin picking grapes and then came the process of cooking them down right she would make grape jelly and the whole house would smell like grapes for a couple of days i i don't think that i had store bought grape jelly for the first 15 18 years of my life. Smuckers did not get a dime from our family. Okay? It was all homemade grape jelly. And I do remember taking peanut butter and jelly sandwiches to school. And if, when I told them it was homemade jelly, I could trade anything for that. It, people wanted my homemade uh, jelly sandwich, peanut butter and homemade jelly sandwiches. One of the things that always amazed me, though, was every year after after she had harvested all the grapes, after she had picked all of the grapes, she would prune the vine back. Because as, as the season wore on, you know, the vine would just cover that trellis and it would come hang down over the trellis and then the, the leaves would start to turn brown. And one day I would come home and mom would have pruned back the vine. And this thing that grew and, and was huge was now this little stub of a plant. And I would always think to myself, well, she finally went nuts. And she killed it. That's it. No more grape jelly. But the next year, it would all come right back. And the vine would come back just as strong as ever, just as productive as ever. Mom's work of cutting back the vine was important. And Jesus talks about that some. But you know, the, the work of that trellis, the job that the trellis had, was also very, very important. The grapevine needed the structure of the trellis for it to grow. It needed to climb that trellis so it could produce. Without the trellis, that vine would have just laid on the ground. Uh, laying there on the ground, it would have just crawled across the ground. It would have got trampled. Uh, bugs would have been able to eat the grapes. It wouldn't have gotten the sunlight that it got up there on the trellis. The vine could not flourish without structure. It could not produce without something to hold on to, something to grow from. Now, I think Jesus is doing something very similar to that when He gives us the Lord's Prayer. We also sometimes call it the model prayer. We're going to look at it today, and a little later we will pray it together. From It's from Matthew chapter 6, verses 9-13. through If you've got one of those blue Bibles in front of you, it's page 811. Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 9. It's where Jesus says, Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be Your name. 
Your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The Lord's Prayer or the the model prayer is about giving structure to our prayers. Verse 9, Jesus says, pray then like this. Now does He mean that every prayer you pray should always include these words? This is the only words, these are the only words that you are to use in your prayer. No, obviously not. Rather, the, the Lord's Prayer is like that trellis. It is a, it's like a trellis to hang our prayers on. And kind of like Mom's trellis, the Lord's Prayer allows our prayers to flourish. Now maybe, maybe you haven't thought much about the Lord's Prayer. Maybe you've mostly just kind of mumbled your way through it, you know, repeating the words just as you learned them years ago. But there's a reason Jesus gives us this prayer to pray. And for one, prayer can be more effective when it's given structure. Our prayers can be more effective when they are given structure. Let me just ask this question. How many of you have this prayer memorized? Come on, yeah, look at that. Yeah, someone loved you, didn't they? Someone loved you and taught you that prayer. Probably mom. Probably, yeah. Mom or, or dad or a Sunday school teacher. Or somebody loved you. A youth minister, youth leader loved you and taught you this prayer. Every month we pray it. We pray it on the first Sunday of the month when, when I remember it's the first Sunday of the month. Once in a while I forget. And I know even though we put the words up on the screen, I know that you have, the, you have those words memorized because... When we get to the debts part, some of you say, forgive us our debts. And some of you say, forgive us our trespasses. And I can hear the trespasses echoing through the building because you learned it that way. And that's fine. That's how you learned it. And you've learned to repeat it over and over again. It has become a part of who you are. It's become a part of how you express your faith. And that's great because prayer can be more effective when you give it structure. In fact, you shouldn't miss that before Jesus teaches us how to pray, He teaches us how not to pray. If you back up just a couple of verses there in chapter 6, verse 7, excuse me, verse 5, Jesus says, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogue and on the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward." In other words, when you pray, it's not about the place that you go and it's not about who sees you and who hears you praying. And then he goes on in verse 7, And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. For those of you that join us on Wednesday evenings for The Chosen, we we hear a lot of prayers from the first century Jews there. And, And Jews as well as Gentiles for, for them, uh, heaping up the, the titles of God was important in prayer. And so, almost every prayer in, in the chosen begins with the words, our, uh, begins with the words, uh, Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of the universe. And the prayers always begin that way. It was a very common practice in that culture to heap up more and more titles for God. Just to give Him more and more titles because if you gave Him enough titles, maybe if you glorified Him with title after title, He would hear you. He would answer your prayer. 
And so what does Jesus say? When you pray, pray then like this, Our Father. That's it. Our Father in Heaven. He leaves it right there. Not title after title. Not King of the Universe. Not Most High God, Creator, Redeemer, Savior. He doesn't go on and on with title after title. He makes it about relationship. He makes it about Father. Our Father. The One who loves us. The One who cares for us. Chances are you learned to cry out to your Father a long time ago. You learned that if you were in need, your dad would help you. And so you learned to cry out to your Father. And Jesus begins the structure of His prayer there with a relationship. Not with a title, but with a relationship. You know those grapes, those grapes on Mom's trellis, they were able to grow because they had something to grow on. They had a structure to grow from. Mom, mom didn't have to go out and tell the grapes how the trellis worked, right? She didn't have to go out there and say, now you make sure you climb this way. The, the grapes, the grapevine knew how to do that. All you had to do was give it the structure. They, they naturally followed it. They grew and she, she gave them the structure. The, the Lord's Prayer is like that for you and me. We hang our prayers on it. We, we hang our hearts on it. We hang our hearts on the Lord's Prayer. And the very first thing we see is that we have a relationship with God. He is our Father. We start there and we grow from there. So our prayer lives can be more effective when given structure. And we also see from the Lord's Prayer, we also see that the structure of prayer enables your faith to blossom in new ways. When you give your prayers structure, they can blossom in new ways. The thing about structure is it doesn't just give you a framework. It gives you a place to grow from. It gives you a place to blossom. The vine didn't just follow mom's trellis. It, it overflowed from the trellis. It would bush out at the top and, and hang down around the trellis. The structure gave it form, but it didn't hold to that form. The Lord's Prayer is like that. We start with the form and we let it blossom from there. When we pray, when we pray, we very often ask God for things that we want. We very often ask God for things that we need. We make petitions. We say we petition God. The key petition in the Lord's Prayer is found in verses 10 and 11. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. It's a prayer for the daily needs, the simple needs, the, the common needs, our daily bread. And it's a prayer for the growth of the kingdom. Your will be done, He teaches us to pray. That opens our prayers up to so many possibilities. Your will be done. It opens us up to things that maybe otherwise we wouldn't pray about. About the ways that we spend our time. About the things we give our energy and our resources to. What does Your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? What does that look like? I think it looks a lot like the way that we support missionaries around the world. I think it looks a lot like the way that we support uh, IDES right now who are taking care of people in the Ukraine and, and providing for them. I think it looks a lot like the way that Jared and Anna Odell and their kids are sharing the Gospel in Ghana. By the way, the Odels will be back with us this summer to tell us about how things are going. They can't wait to get here and, and share with you. I think it looks a lot like how we care for our neighbors. How we love the people around us. How we share Jesus' love. I think it looks a lot like how 
Every time there's darkness in someone's life, we can show up and we can feed them, we can care for them, we can provide them, we can bring the light of Christ's love into focus for them. And I think one of the most important things and one of the most beautiful things about the Lord's Prayer is it calls us to imagine new possibilities that maybe we hadn't even considered praying about yet. There are more things in God's will than you and I can begin to imagine. There's more possibilities that are within the will of God than we can even begin to imagine. And in praying this prayer, we be, being faithful to these words causes us to see more and more of His will. Think about the book of Acts. Luke gives us the Lord's Prayer in chapter 11 of his Gospel, and then Luke goes on and writes the book of Acts and tells us about the early church. But we never hear the early church praying the Lord's Prayer. Look all the way through the book of Acts. It's never there. They never pray the Lord's Prayer. I'm not saying they didn't, but it's not recorded for us. But instead, what did they pray? In in chapter 2, the church gathers together. uh, They're meeting together. They're listening to the teachings of the apostles. They're listening to the Scriptures. They are praying together, and they are breaking bread together in their homes with glad and sincere hearts. Give us this day our daily bread, right? Acts chapter 4, Peter and John get thrown in jail and they're told, you're not supposed to speak about Jesus anymore. We don't want you out there telling people about Jesus anymore. And so the whole church gets together and they pray for boldness that they might continue to spread the news, the good news of Jesus Christ. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Acts chapter 10, Peter goes up on a roof and he he lays down to pray. and He ends up falling asleep and having a dream. That's okay if you fall asleep while you're praying, by the way. Peter lays down and he, he, he's praying and he ends up having this vision of a sheep being lowered down from heaven. The meaning of his vision is that God wants them to know the Gentiles, the other races of the world, should now be welcomed into the church. That, that they need to come into the church just as the Jews did. On earth, as it is in heaven, Everyone welcomed into the presence of Christ. You see their prayers blossoming from the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer provides a framework that allows our prayers to grow. It also gives us one other blessing. One other blessing that we desperately need. And that is the Lord's Prayer gives your prayers a place to come home to. The Lord's Prayer gives your prayers a place to come home to. The Lord's Prayer is not, it is not like training wheels. You know what I mean by that? Yeah? The Lord's Prayer is not like training wheels. You understand? When I was a kid, Dad got me a bike. He had already bought all the rest of them bikes. I was the last one to get one. I came along later. I don't know if anyone knows that. But when I got my bike, it had a set of training wheels on it. And I loved my bike, and I loved my training wheels. And I had those training wheels on my bike for a long time, probably longer than I really needed them because I like the safety and security of my training wheels. But there came a time when all the other kids my age were riding without training wheels and I decided I needed to have my training wheels taken off. And I remember the day I asked Dad to take the training wheels off. Sitting there with his wrench, he looked at me and he said, if I take these off, I am not putting them back on. I missed them for a few days and I had the scraped knees and the 
scraped elbows to tell you how much I missed the security of those training wheels. But after a couple of days, I finally got it. I finally understood how to ride my bike and I never asked him to put the training wheels back on. All of that to say this, the Lord's Prayer is not training wheels. There is never a time in your life when you outgrow the Lord's Prayer. It is always proper. Whatever your age, whatever your faith, it is always proper to return to the Lord's Prayer. You will never outgrow it. The Lord's Prayer does what my mom's trellis could not do. It grows with you. It continues to grow with you. And as you pray it, as you plumb its depths, it will produce more and more fruit in your life. It is always appropriate to return and pray the Lord's Prayer. Verses 12 and 13. And forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I've come to notice a couple of things about my life as as young as I am. (laughs) I've come to understand a couple of things. There has yet to come a time when I don't need forgiveness. Forgive me my debts. I don't think it's going to happen. I think I'm still going to need forgiveness. And there has yet to come a time when I don't need to forgive others. Because there are people I know, people I love, and otherwise... (laughs) There are people who hurt me. I'll be honest with you, some of those hurts are very fresh. And there is never a time when it is wrong for me to forgive. There is never a time when I don't need to forgive. Also in my very young life, I have also learned that there has never been a time when temptations have stopped. I kind of thought they would after a while. But there has never been a time when temptations have stopped. Some are new. Some are the same old temptations that just hit in different ways and they continue to frustrate me. It is always appropriate for me to return and pray, forgive me my debts as I forgive those who are indebted to me. and Lead me not into temptation. Please deliver me from the evil one. It was a couple years before mom passed away. We had to take her to the hospital one day for a heart cath. We went, took mom in for a heart cath and the doctor checked her out and everything was fine. But the very last thing they told us was, don't leave her alone tonight. Someone needs to stay with her because you need to keep an eye on her just in case something happens. And I said, I'll do that. I'll, I'll volunteer for that. So I went down to mom's house and she got the couch ready for me and I was going to sleep on the couch where I'd I had taken lots of naps on my mom's couch growing up, you know, but it had been a while and I hadn't spent the night there in decades. Things had changed since I had last spent the night in the home that I grew up in. For one, mom was on oxygen at that time. And so all night long, I heard that machine. It pumped oxygen. And as loud as that machine was, it held, it was nothing compared to the sound of my mom snoring. That lady could snore like a banshee. It was amazing. So she's snoring all night long. And on top of all of that, since dad had passed away, mom needed something to keep her company. And she slept with the radio on all night long. Not in the same room with her. On in the room next to her. 
and it was loud, and it played country music all night long. And I laid there on that couch, and I thought to myself, I am not going to sleep tonight. There is no way I am sleeping tonight. What am I going to do? And I decided I would pray the Lord's Prayer. And so I prayed through the Lord's Prayer, and I said to myself, well, that didn't take long. I better do it again. And I began praying the Lord's Prayer again. And something in those words, our Father in Heaven, holy is Your name. Something caught my attention because when I said holy is Your name, I had to say my name's not holy. And we probably ought to talk about that a little while. And I, I watched my prayers blossom. I began praying, Your kingdom come, Your will be done in Kansas as it is in Heaven. I wanted to make that personal. And I prayed through the Lord's Prayer again and again. And after a while, I found peace. And after a while, I found myself asleep. And next thing I knew, it was morning and Mom was poking at me saying, you've got to leave now. <laughs> you need to get out of the house. But it took me to a place of peace. It's there in the Sermon on the Mount twice Jesus says, and when you pray, when you pray, don't make it about where you pray. Don't, don't make it about the words you use. And then He says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father in Heaven, holy is Your name. Hallowed be Your name. And then it's there again in Luke chapter 19. The disciples come, or excuse me, Luke chapter 11. The disciples come to Jesus and they say, Teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples to pray. And Jesus responds to them in Luke chapter 11 and says, When you pray, say, Our Father, holy is your name. And when you pray, go back to the Lord's Prayer. My guess is someone who loved you taught you this prayer. Someone, if you know this prayer, it's because someone who loved you taught it to you many years ago. They wanted you to have this prayer in your heart, in your mind. They wanted you to be able to come back to this prayer again and again. But however you actually learned it, whether it was you taught yourself or someone else taught you, someone who loves you gave you this prayer. Jesus gave you this prayer, so that your prayers could flourish. I've been giving you a prayer assignment every week. And the assignment is simple this week. Pray this prayer. Pray the Lord's Prayer. Find a time or two this week. Maybe every morning, start your day off with the Lord's Prayer. Don't just recite the words though. Give them room to live. Give them room to grow, to, to blossom. And as you hang your own prayers on that trellis, forgive me this debt, this trespass. Remind me to forgive this person. Let me Give me the strength to forgive these. As you hang your own prayers on this trellis, see what else begins to hang there. There, there, may, be, there may be prayers that you need to pray that you haven't imagined yet because you haven't allowed the framework to support those prayers. There may be gifts of forgiveness that you didn't know you had in your heart to offer. Let this prayer flourish in you. We're going to take the, take the Lord's Supper here in just a moment. 
Someone who loved you taught you to do this too, didn't they? Someone who loved you taught you that this is important. We say the Lord's Prayer. It's been with us since the beginning of our faith. And for many of us, this has been with us since the beginning of our faith as well. We take the bread. We're reminded of the, of the broken body of Jesus. We take the cup. We're reminded of His shed blood that unites us, that makes us a family together, that makes us one. We don't often put these two together though, do we? The Lord's Prayer kind of exists in its own pocket and communion exists in a pocket over here. Let's put them together today. Because your Father, who is holy in heaven, He loved you enough that He wanted you to know Him. Holy and separate as He is, He wanted you to know exactly who He is. So He sent His one and only Son. And if you believe in Him, you should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's a wonderful promise. And there may be bigger things in not just in that forgiveness, but in that realization that that His will is to be done in your life as it is in heaven. There may be bigger things in that than you've begun to imagine or begun to pray for. And so today, as we prepare ourselves to take, let's pray the Lord's Prayer together. Chad's going to put the words up on the screen. You probably don't need them. And say them however you learned them. That's perfectly acceptable if your words don't match all of our words. We'll pray this together. We'll sing a song and then we will take the Lord's Supper. Let's, let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.